Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Welcome to Veterans Air, the Veterans Hour. I am your host, Douglas B. You can listen to us live the first Tuesday of every month at 1 p.m. here on your Lone Star Community Radio. Um, you can listen to or watch Veterans Air on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, um, or Wherever you get your fine podcasts. Yeah, I'm a little bit off today, I know. Bear, bear with me. I got a lot of things rattling around in my brains. Um, today's show is brought to you by United Healthcare, helping people live healthier lives. And uh, we'll have a message from them in just a little bit. Give them a call. As always, a little housekeeping before we get started today. You can talk, contact Veterans Air through our website, www.veteransair.us. Leave us a message, or better yet, text us in studio on our Google phone, 936-344-3083. Um, so I want to do, do, a, do a little thing. I want to do a shout-out first. I'm going to shout-out first. I'm going to give a shout-out to Heartland Tactical, Joe and Judy Thims. They are in the uh, Conroe Business Center out on Fraser. Um, a small little shop. But go to their website, www.heartlandtactical.net, and there is a bunch, a plethora of things that you need, and you just didn't know you needed it. Um, good people over there, say hi to their dog. Um, I also want to send out birthday wishes to my lovely wife, Petra. Happy birthday, boo. And, and not only is it my wife's birthday, on the 18th of this month, We'll be married for 39 years. Yes, 39 years. I know some of you are asking yourselves right now, how did she put up with me for 39 years? Well, it's obviously, it, it, it's, it's very obvious, I should say, of why she put up with me for 39, day, 39 years. I mean, look at this. All that and a bag of chips. Who wouldn't want, want me for 39 years? Um, I guess that's all the shout-outs that I need to, to say today. So we're going to jump into this. Today, we're talking about the gentleization of the United States Army. And before we get into this, I want to remind you that the views and opinions expressed in this show are mine and mine alone and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of this station, its partners, or sponsors. This is the part of the show where I get on my soapbox. So I'm going to get on my soapbox for today. Oh, no, wait. I can't get on my soapbox. I have an important announcement to make. See, and I, I pulled this up and, and forgot to make this. This is an important announcement from the Montgomery County Office um, of Emergency Management. It's an emergency alert. Today, Commissioner's Court adopted a burn ban for all unincorporated areas of Montgomery County. Residents are asked to comply with the order and cease all burning until the ban is lifted. Burning on commercial properties is prohibited at all times, and the burning of land-clearing debris is prohibited unless it complies with the state air quality regulations and is permitted through the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality please contact the Montgomery County Fire Marshal's Office for more information regarding this burn ban. Is anybody surprised? I mean, I'm not surprised. We haven't had rain in, like, forever. And you can tell by my lawn, which is now all dead. Um, 
I thought that was important. I wanted to get that out for those of us who do not live within the Conroe city limits. We can no longer burn. And that's going to be significant for those of you out there that do not have trash pickup. Um, I don't know what you're going to do. Haul it in the back of the truck, take it to the dump, whatever. But you cannot burn it until this burn ban is lifted because everything is tinder dry. So we're talking about today, we're talking about the gentilization of the United States Army. I call it gentilization because Engineer Dick says I can't use the word I wanted to use on the air. So we're going to use that. Um, I came across this article in military.com by Stephen Baynon, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, and thought that we should talk about this and what it means for new recruits. Now, it's no secret that I have a lot of contempt for so-called army planners. And their newest ideas are, I'll just say it, stupid. In this article, um, Mr. Bainon interviews Command Sergeant Major Scott Beeson of the Army Center for Initial Military Training, or SIMT. And he interviews him about what I'm calling the generalization of the U.S. Army. Some of the things that the, the, the SIMT has put out are already in practice, or they're coming down the pike, and in my opinion, is going to do more harm than good. What am I talking about? I'm talking about new instructions for drill instructors. You know, the, the smoky bear hat guys, the guys that come at you your first day and then come at you every single moment for the next eight weeks, treating you with such disdain that you can break down and cry. Where's this leading to? Stopping the shark attacks, stopping the, the yelling and the cursing and the cussing and, and, and the abuse. Well, it's all leading to a gentler, more caring army. See, back in my day, drill instructors weren't our friends. They weren't there to care for our feelings. No. The job of the drill instructor was to break down the recruit and rebuild them into a cohesive fighting force. This was accomplished by yelling, screaming, cussing, and punishing the recruit. Today's Army wants a new drill instructor, one that is more like a strict football coach. Command Sergeant Major Beeson said, gentler isn't the right way to say it. It's just dignity and respect. These changes are already in practice, or at least some of them are. For example, the dreaded shark attack, that's been outlawed since 2020. Now, is there anybody out there that liked their DI? Because I didn't. I hated my DI. But you know what? I respected my DI. I respected him for his rank and his position. So, no yelling, no cursing, no physical punishments for the new recruit. This new army is driven partly by the army's need to appeal to Gen Z, who are now reaching recruitment age. I want you to think about this for a second. Gen Z are going to be our fighting force. They're now reaching the age where they can enlist. And we're going to change the way that our fighting force trains for them. It's not the recruit changing to fit into the army. It's the army changing to fit the recruit. I think this is a dangerous dangerous thing to do for the effectiveness of our fighting forces in the future.
Major General John Klein, who's the commander of the Army Center for Initial Military Training, said in an interview with Military.com, this generation is very intuitive. I think they can see whether somebody is authentic or not. So if the drill sergeants are putting on some sort of facade, they'll see right through it. This generation is more intuitive. And they can see through the facade of the drill instructor. So unlike me, the newer generation, Gen Z, is able to look at the drill sergeant, immediately size him up, and realize that what he's doing is fake. And he really is a kinder, gentler mentor for me. Or do I have that wrong? See, in my day it was different. And I think it was effective. Make no mistake, make no mistake at all, I did not like the way I was treated. I hated my DIs. I hated the Army. And I was sure I made a mistake by enlisting. That was my attitude for almost half of basic training. But then something changed. Somewhere along the way, my attitude changed. My body got stronger, more coordinated. My mind was sharper and focused on details. The soldiers to my left and to my right became my friends, and I learned to count on them. I became part of a team. You see, the job of the drill instructor is to turn a raw recruit into soldiers, and he has eight weeks to do that. Their job is to break down the individual and then rebuild them as part of the team, to give them pride in themselves and their fellow soldiers. And while the treatment from the DIs was distasteful, it has proven to be reliable and is a necessity. It was the fastest way to create a soldier, a part of the team, to build a spirit of core, to build trust, to build muscle memory, to build all those things that will keep you alive when the bullets start flying. Looking back at it now, being a veteran of 10 plus years, I know that my drill instructors, the brown hats, the smoky bear hats, they didn't care about my feelings. They didn't care about my dignity. And do you know why that is? Because if they care about every recruit's individualism and dignity, they will be unable to break that recruit down and rebuild them. That's a necessity. That's a necessity for an effective fighting force. You have to remove them from themselves and make them part of a team, part of a unit, to give them a spirit of core in what they're doing and who they're doing it with. And they only have eight weeks to do this in. That's a very, very short time to change a personality and to change a mindset. That is a very short time to condition a body to do what it needs to do in the rigors of combat. That is a very short time to, to create the muscle memory that is needed, to teach them all of the things, teach the recruits all of the things that a soldier has to have for basic knowledge. Think back to when you were in basic training and you got your soldier's manual. It was about yo thick, right? Of all the things in there, they made you memorize your general orders. They made you memorize, I will guard everything within my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Here it is, 30-some-odd years afterwards, and I still can recite my general orders. I didn't like the way that they treated me, but it was effective. 
let's call it what it is. If you can't take what the DIs are dishing out, what the hell are you going to do when you're dropped in the middle of a combat situation? Do you think that the enemy is going to stop and worry about your dignity? You've got to learn how to handle stress and stressors. Your body doesn't learn these things sitting in a classroom. John Wayne said it best, life's tough, but it's tougher if you're stupid, unquote. The DIs aren't trying to toughen you up. They're not trying to kill you. What they're doing is trying, you, trying to get your body and mind to a place that will react in a particular manner when stuff hits the fan. Let me ask you this question. After basic training, were you able to disassemble your weapon and reassemble your weapon? Could you do it without thinking about it? Could you clear a jam in your weapon without thinking about it? Could you look at the man to the left and to the right of you and understand his hand signals? Yes, you could. And how was that taught to you? It was taught to you in such a manner that it became part of you and became muscle memory. That's why we cleaned our weapons so many times. That's why we simulated a jam in our weapon. That's why we spent hours and hours on the obstacle course. It wasn't punishment. It wasn't that the drill sergeant hated you. It was the drill sergeant had eight weeks to make you into a soldier, to make you into the defender of your country. I'm going way too fast today. You, could, you should tell me to slow down. Slow down, slow down. When we think of the drill sergeants, um, we think of, of Gunny Lee. We think of Gunny Lee from, from Full Metal Jacket because that was the epitome of drill instructors. And, and my drill instructors were not far off from Gunny Lee. And while I was going through it, it was hard. It was tough. And I resisted it. And the more I resisted it, the worse it got. Like I said, it wasn't until like halfway through basic training where I understood what the drill, what the drill instructor was trying to teach me and to get me to do. He was trying to teach me to follow the orders that you were given, when they were given, in the manner in which they were given. And you completed that task. You could always go back and ask, why did we just do that? And the drill instructor would explain to you why you just did that. Was it hard existing on three to four hours of sleep, two hours sleep, sometimes no sleep, because you had to square away your wall locker? Yeah, it was. And it was done specifically, specifically to, to stress you out. That's one of the things that basic training is supposed to do. It's supposed to stress you out. It's supposed to put you under as much stress as they possibly can. Do they do this because they're mean? No. I know a lot of drill instructors, and the only mean drill instructor I ever met was Brother Johnny. But you know what? They're also compassionate. If you generally have a problem in basic training, you could go to your drill instructor, you can go to your senior drill and talk to them about what the problem is. Now, if you're going to your senior drill because your, your platoon sergeant is being mean to you, well, I'll just drop and start knocking them out, stud, and I'll let you know when I get tired. No. Drill instructors spend 
a lot of time in school learning how to be drill instructors. They just don't take the meanest guy they can find and throw him in there and say, congratulations, you're a drill instructor. No, 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 no. This is a select school. It means the Army selects you to be a drill instructor. And you go to the school and you learn how to be a drill instructor. Because think about it. This is the first time associating with the military for the, for the world recruit. And when you look at your drill instructor, he or she is the subject matter expert on everything they are teaching you. Without a doubt, they are the subject matter expert. That takes a lot of time, a lot of training, and again, a lot of stressors to make the drill instructor be his drill instructor. When the army planners decide that we're going to do things differently with our drill instructors because today's generation um, won't put up with that. When I hear them say that, what I hear is that today's generation can't be a soldier the way soldiering has been done for centuries, for centuries that we have to become a more gentler, a more kinder, or more caring military force. I don't think that's going to work out well. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I don't think that's going to work out well. I don't think that mommying Gen Z as a soldier is a good choice. I just don't believe that it's true. I don't believe that, that they're going to get the response that they need. Oh, sure. It's absolutely very easy for someone to come in, see a drill instructor, and then drill instructor says, would you please do some push-ups? And I want you to do some push-ups um, so that it will build upper body strength. And the recruit will say, sure, DI. Not a problem. Relax. Chill. I got this and drop and start pushing up push-ups. I don't see that happening. I don't see this gentler army being able to instill the discipline needed to be a soldier. The discipline needed to be a soldier. Let me tell you a story. So, I know this Gen Z guy, um, he was in the Coast Guard, and uh, he got out of the Coast Guard um, on a medical um, because he had severe PTSD. And he was telling me about this, and, and I said, um, what were the stressors or the incidents that made you or led to your PTSD? And he was very frank and upfront with me. He told me that uh, um, he had duty on a, on, on a skiff and it was very, very stren uh, strenuous and stressful. And I thought to myself, skiff, isn't that some type of boat, riverboat that they do? Maybe he's one of those fast action uh, um, Coast Guard guys that, you know, we all saw the story of the Coast Guard that jumped off the ship and started beating up a submarine because it was smuggling drugs. Maybe this guy was that guy and he's got PTSD from it. I come to learn that he got PTSD from duty on a skiff because skiff is a secure facility and they wouldn't let him take his cell phone into the secure facility. And sometimes they would change his schedule and he would have to work you know, 24 hours. And that stressed him out so much that he developed um, PTSD from it. I feel sorry from him for him. I hope he gets the, the, the help that he needs to be able to exist and live and function with his PTSD. But I tell this story because this is an individual that was not stressed enough during his training 
to be able to handle real-world stressors. And you know what? That's what basic training is. It's about stressing you out and teaching you basic skills, thus basic training. When I left basic training, I was in the best physical shape I had ever been in. I was a stud. I got to tell you, ask my wife. She'll tell you she has pictures. I was studly. I had big guns because I did a lot of push-ups. Everybody gets yelled at. You know what? In life, people are going to yell at you. People are going to cuss at you. People are not going to care about your self-worth or your dignity. In the Army, the military, the United States military, is one of those places where we should not care about an individual's self-worth, an individual's dignity. We just, we just shouldn't. Do I need to do my break? Engineer Dick says, sure, why not? Let's, let's take a break here um, and listen to, uh, to our sponsors, United Healthcare, who is sponsoring this show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we'll be right back after these messages. Medicare can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. My name is Andrea Corpany, and I am an agent authorized to offer AARP Medicare plans from United Healthcare Insurance Company. I can guide my clients through understanding Medicare coverage options and help them discover what may make AARP Medicare plans from United Healthcare a great choice. I can be reached at 281 773 6239. That's Andrea Corpening at 281-773-6239. I can help those find a plan with confidence. You are listening to Veterans Air on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1. Welcome back to Veterans Air, where we're talking about the general Dentalization of the United States military. Almost said it, Dick. Almost. Almost. Um, we're talking about the new initiative um, for drill instructors and how they need to take into consideration the self-worth and the dignity of the recruit. So there's no yelling, cussing, screaming, or punishments anymore. What's the first thing they did to you when you got to basic training? Don't care what branch you were in. It was to shave your head. That was the first shock, to shave your head. People all often ask me, Doug, you have such wonderful, beautiful, long hair. Um, it's, it's just... I'm a bit jealous. People actually tell me this. Dick looks at me and he's that same way. He's like, yes, he's over there shaking his head now. You can't see him, but he's agreeing with me. The reason I keep my hair so long is because I shaved it for years and years and years. I had one haircut. It was called the high and tight. And that's what, that's what I wore. That's what I did. The purpose of basic training, the yelling, the screaming, the cussing, the punishment, is so that you respond without hesitation immediately to the orders given to you. Immediately, without thinking. Everybody's heard about uh, or heard of Pavlov's dogs. At the sound of a bell, they would start salivating because their bodies and minds knew food was about to be given to them? A yelling drill instructor is Pavlov. He's Pavlov in the sense that he or she is charged with the greater responsibility. That drill instructor is conditioning your body and mind to survive when you get to combat. Think, 
shoot, move, and communicate. And you think the ability to think, shoot, move, and communicate comes from explaining calmly what to do? I'm up. He sees me. I'm down. These are the things that become second nature. The drill instructor is creating you to be able to do these things without thinking. Without thinking about it in a situation that is more stressful than you could ever imagine. The I'm up, he sees me, I'm down is the most stupidest of exercises. And sometimes I would think that the, the drill instructor would, would do this just because he couldn't figure out anything else to do with us. I was wrong. I, I, I admit it, I was wrong. I'm up, I'm down, he sees me. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. This is how you move tactically in the military under fire. The ability to think, shoot, move, and communicate keeps you alive when you hit combat. Now, I don't care if you're a, a Green Beret in Call of Duty Black Ops. That does not prepare you for the real-life situation. Not even close. The drill instructor only has eight weeks to teach you how to do that, how to survive in combat. It only has eight weeks. I know you may be thinking, well, you know, there's schooling afterwards. Schooling, that advanced individual training, is for your specific military occupational skill that you're going to do. Not everybody goes into the infantry. I didn't go into the infantry. I, I was not in the infantry. When I joined, I joined as a draftsman. And I was a draftsman for, for a number of years until I got to, to Korea, where I changed my uh, MOS to a combat skills MOS. The basic training... And, and to some extent, AIT, um, they're trying to teach you in a short amount of time on a way of how to live your life. Now, this may be because today's recruit or today's enlistment age society is looking at the military as a stepping stone to something else. They may be looking at that Free education. By the way, if you didn't know it, your education is not free from the military. Just, just so you know. Um, they may looking, be looking to get into the military and they get out of the military after their first enlistment. They're using it as a stepping stone to something else. Let me tell you, if I could get one of the enlistment bonuses going on today for a four, three to four year term, I'd go back in. Damn skippy, I would... Hey, Dick, you're still of enlistment age. You can go in. They will give you a hell of a bonus. They will. I'll give you a pre-boot camp so you can be prepared for it. They're going to make you shave your head, though, just to so you know. Dick's shaking his head that he wants to do this. Um, your dad would kill me. <laughs> um, I think taking away... The, the screaming, the yelling, the cussing, the punishment from the drill, from the drill instructors um, lessens the effectiveness of the training. The outside world only sees Gunny Lee yelling at somebody. They're, they're not privy to seeing why that drill instructor is screaming like Gunny Lee. Basic training has instilled in you some things that still exist today, decades after you left military service. I want you to think about this. Get dressed, nice, nice pair of pants, a suit jacket and whatnot, and you stand in front of the mirror. What do you do? You're checking your gig line, aren't you? You're all out there going, yeah, yeah, I am. You're always early 
for some appointment for some appointment because you were taught that if you're on time, you're late. Where did this come from? Did someone sit down and tell you this and you said, this is wise, sage advice. I'm going to follow this for the rest of my life. Maybe yes, maybe no, but more likely than not, you learned under stress that if you have a 6 a.m. formation for PT, you better be out there at 5.45 a.m. because if you're on time, you're late. The last thing you'd ever want to be is the last man to fall in into formation. You know it's true. I don't care what branch of service you served in. This is true. Why did that carry over into your personality today? It's because of the stress that you were put under. Because of the yelling, the screaming, the cussing. If you were late for formation, if you was the last man to fall into formation at oh dark 30 hours, you were doing push-ups. Or in my day, the dying cockroach. Um, all of you all that are my age know what I'm talking about when I'm saying the dying cockroach. And, and these things hurt. These exercises actually hurt. Physically hurt. Gave you pain. Because this is making the body learn. <clears throat> I bet you today that you can disassemble your weapon without thinking about it. I'm betting you that today that you could pick up any weapon that you've never had before and know how to use it, how to check its safety, how to clear the breach. Every single weapon that you pick up. You can do this intuitively. Why can you do this intuitively? Why can you do this? Because the drill, instru drill instructor made you do it so many times to your own weapon, your own M16 or the latter soldiers, the M4, you can do it without even thinking about it. Your muscles will automatically do it. Your muscles automatically, when someone hands you a weapon, the first it hands you a pistol, hands you the 9mm, check out my new 9mm. You drop the magazine and you clear the breach. You clear the chamber, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Why do you do this? Do you do this because some instructor said, son, listen to me. You need to do this for gun safety because you could, act, you could hurt somebody if you don't do this. While that's true, 100% true, it became muscle memory and it became effective by the way the drill, the drill instructor instructed you to do that. With repeated movements over and over and over again, by yelling at you if you got it wrong, by cussing at you, by making you feel less than what you think you are. Because now, your body and mind says, I want to excel. Your drill instructors instilled in you not only these abilities, but why you had to do them. If you didn't learn by God, you become the DI's pet project. And you would just pray that whatever the drill instructor was going to make you do, that it didn't fall back on the rest of your squad or your platoon. Sure, it was hard. But we learned, and in that learning, it probably saved lives. When I was in the military, now I was platoon sergeant, and one of my soldiers screwed up. That soldier was disciplined and retrained. And then his squad would also share in that retraining. Did I do this because Sergeant B is just an a-hole? Can I say that on the air? Too late. 
Um, yes and, and no. I did that because when my soldiers screwed up, I screwed up. I had got disciplinary actions and retraining. I included the rest of his squad because obviously the training was not effective. Because by this point in your military career, when you got to your, your final unit, you should be able to work within a team. And the team should be able to count on you. It's your buddy to the left or to the right of you that you're going into combat with. You don't go in alone. You, you are not Rambo. You exist within a team, within a fire team, within a squad, within a platoon, within a company, within a battalion, within a brigade, and so forth and so forth and so forth. And that fire team, that squad, that platoon, that company is made up of individual men. And all these men and or women don't want to, you know, count the women out because there's some badasses out there. Um, they form a cohesive unit. They work as one individual unit amongst greater units. That fire team works seamlessly with the next fire team in the squad. That squad works seamlessly within that platoon. That platoon works seamlessly with inside that company. That's the way we were trained. We are not a group of individuals. I'm sorry, we're not. We're soldiers. We are a part of a larger organism. And we're each doing our job. It's organic. Organic, is that a word? No. It's organic, if you will. Just like your cells. Your body is made up of individual cells. And these cells have a job, and they work along with other cells to make your body function. I'm not saying all the changes coming down the road from the SIMT are bad. I'm not. They have made some good changes too, and I'll call them out on it. In my day and time, it was, this thing was known as the Army Physical Readiness Test. Today, it's the Army Combat Fitness Test, and some of the changes are worthwhile. For example, in my day, this test included push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run, a timed two-mile run. It has been my experience that in combat, in combat situations, I've never needed to do a push-up, a sit-up, and I certainly needed, didn't need to run away for two miles. Why the Army chose that those were going to be the things that they were going to measure physical fitness by, I have no idea. But they did. And based on your age, you had to do so many of them. Back in my day, I can do a buttload of push-ups. Today's Army combat fitness test stresses carrying kettleballs deadlift heavy weights, and dragging a 90-pound sled. While this is more realistic, it removes an important part of preparing for the Army Combat Fitness Test. That is your battle buddy. The last two years of my enlistment, I would have never made it through the PT test. I would have never made it through the PT test without my battle buddy. That's because I was broke. I was, here the FCC is going to close it down, Dick, um, because I was broke, Dick, for the last two years of my enlistment. That's why I got out of the Army. But I would have never, ever, ever passed my last two PT tests without my battle buddy. I can still hear Brother Johnny yelling at me, run, fat boy, run. And... It was my battle buddies that pushed me to excel. It was my battle buddies. Well, it would be the way I would feel that I would be letting them down 
if I not if I did not do the best I could possibly do 100% of the time. If we're doing weight training and and I'm there, I'm straight bar, I'm benching up some weights, all my battle buddies would come over and go, what, 100 pounds? That's nothing. You know with 100 pounds and rip that pin out and put 200 pounds in there. He says, now you're working out. By doing these individual type of things, doing the, uh, the deadlifts, doing the kettleballs, that takes away that little aspect of the physical training, in my opinion. I do wholeheartedly agree with the revamping of the marksmanship training, but in truth, the, inf the infantry has been doing this on a company basis for as long as I can remember. They re redid your marksmanship. Um, remember the think, shoot, move, and communicate we were talking about? This is where it's put to the test. In years past, the Army would send you and your rifle to the range to shoot at targets as far as 600 yards away. The more times you hit the target, the greater your overall score. The greater your overall score, you went from marksman to sharpshooter to expert. In today's marksmanship test, things are structured differently. In the new rifle marksmanship test, soldiers must change positions and reload while targets are still popping up. It is a significantly faster-paced event than the old rifle qualification in which soldiers would stay stationary and change positions only when told so. This new test is more of a real-world situation. And from a training perspective, it teaches the recruit to trust the soldiers on the left and the right. Hell, Brother Johnny and I would go through the mount course and not speak a word to each other because we knew what the other person would do. He would shoot everything further than 50 yards away, and I would shoot everything from 50 yards away nearer because I couldn't see a damn thing. Yes, it's true. If this country is ever attacked by the sides of a big red barn, call me. I could defend against that. I'm about right on time, aren't I, Dick? I got like two minutes? Outstanding. All right. We're going to leave it there. Why don't you all send me an email or text me and tell me your opinions about the new Army's um, changes they're making. Um, I think that the Army should go back to the cohort mythology. It worked for the 10th Mountain in my day, and it could work for us now. Before we close out, I want to tell you about two big events that are coming up. On August 19th, from 11 a.m. to 3.30, at the VFW, there's going to be a blood drive. Show up. The bus is air-conditioned. Actually, I think we're having it in the hall, which is air-conditioned. Um, coming up next month, on September 8th, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m., it's the 2023 Stand Down, 27 Years of Empowering Veterans. And it's going to be held at Emancipation Park, in Houston, uh, check the links below to find out more information about these. That about wraps up our show, but remember to tune in on September 5th at 1 p.m. as we'll be talking about Suicide Prevention Month. I just came back from a training, and hopefully we can get the guy in here, and he'll talk to you about suicide prevention. Um, also, pay attention on September 9th. To remember the fallen for 9-11, and I'll be doing a special show um, on my website and the YouTube channel. That about wraps up the show for now. I want to leave you with this awesome song by the Warriors Song Project. And while we listen to that, let us remember our brothers and sisters in uniform that are today still standing in harm's way for our freedoms and our liberties. If you are wearing the uniform I want to say to you, thank you. I want to say to you that I am proud of you. And until next month, stay safe and stay vigilant.
the killing machine with a need to bleed you when the light goes green. Best believe I'm in the zone to be from a yin to a yang to a yang to see. Put a grin on my chin when you come to me, cause I'll win. I'm a one of a kind and I'll bring death to the place you're about to be. Another river of blood running under my feet. Forging a fire lit long ago. Stand next to me, you'll never stand alone. I'm last to leave, but the first to go. Lord, make me dead before you make me old. I feed on the fear of the devil inside of the enemy faces in my sight. Aim with a hand, shoot with a mind, kill with a heart like Arctic ice. We're going to cut out their living gun. 